So as I mentioned before, I've been on um, quite a journey, literally, uh, from here to Mexico and back again with myself uh, and my two-year-old son, which is partly why we're back. That's a crazy thing to do. (laughs) But... um, um, it was a really, uh, there were many, many things that I think over time I will share about this experience of um, sailing the coast uh, and being in different culture and um, living a very different lifestyle than what I'm accustomed to. Although my husband and I have been living on our boat for many, many years, uh, uh, cruising on it is a very different different experience. The simplicity, uh, the, um, uh, the nature that we were, were constantly in contact with. Um, and then there's the travel piece, going from place to place, being part of these communities that are very transient. The sailing community is very transient. Uh, so we would make all these friends. And we met really incredible people, and then we would go, or they would go. Uh, so community was always changing. Our home came with us, though, everywhere we went, because our home is our boat. Uh, so we were always at home, and we were always together, which is its own type of home. And then there was a lot of downtime and a lot of quiet there was a lot of peace uh, when we wanted it. There was a lot of everything else when we wanted it too. Um, busy cities and and um, uh, yeah, a lot of community time. So there was that as well. But there was quite a bit of um, of silence. And so uh, home also. I was reminded over and over again that home is also within. And I felt that very deeply um, at times on this trip as I've felt it before within this practice, whether it's sitting here in a hall like this for an evening or sitting on long, silent retreats as I have in the past. And so when I was... I've been thinking a lot about this. Uh, what is home? Now we're back. We're back in, in this community, in this society, um, you know, listening to KQED again. And, oh, wow, <laughs> there's a lot going on. So back into all that again. Um, you know, back into the rush of things, back into um, work and, and, uh, and everything that comes along with it. And so there's been a major adjustment period with that. And so this question of what is home, where is home? This was my home. And then feeling not quite at home coming back. It's taken some time, although now I'm feeling more settled. I've been here for about a month now. So what is this home? And then the phrase came in, spiritual home. So when a friend of mine was talking about their spiritual home and how Um, she had found her spiritual home. And this is a phrase that I hear a lot. I hear within the Buddhist community. 
Um, I think I originally heard it in my Catholic upbringing, your spiritual home. So I think it's uh, a phrase that we hear in, in many different communities, not just in a Buddhist community. And uh, those of us who value that or, or are seeking that um, and so value it in that way, uh, you know, we see that there's something important in, in having a spiritual home. But I wonder how often we really stop to think of what does that really mean? What is that exactly, our spiritual home? Does even the phrase, for some of us, that really resonates. And for some of us, it's like, ugh, you know, we don't want anything to do with it. We have different connotation with that phrase. And so maybe our relationship with it isn't that great. So what, so what is this exactly? Um, and so I thought tonight we could explore this in a couple different ways. Because I don't want to actually pin, pin it, something on it. Our spiritual home, this is going to mean something different to all of us. It's something that's very personal. It's not something that I'm going to say, well, it's, it's here in the monastery. This should be your spiritual home. You come here, you sit. That might not resonate at all, though maybe that's true for some of you. When I reflected on, on my own relationship with spiritual home, and thought about the importance of home and the feeling of being home and what that word means. You know, sometimes it comes up with I come up with a physical place. It's a physical location where uh, it's not just where I live. It's a place where I can feel uh, relaxed. Um, for some of that, us, that's where we live. For some of us, that is not where we live. Maybe at home is. Um, not restful, and um, there might be a lot of tension or disturbance in the home right now. And so perhaps it's not your, your, your home where you live, but somewhere where you feel like uh, you can just be you. You close the door, and you can breathe again. Or you can feel like you can settle. You feel safe. It's a place of safety this physical place. And I have times uh, where I've experienced that deeply in my spiritual practice. There's a meditation retreat center on the East Coast that I've talked about quite a bit uh, because it has been my spiritual home, the Forest Refuge, uh, through Insight Society. Um, and uh, it's... It's it's a really simple place. You go in. It's a it's any it could be any retreat center, meditation retreat center. But for me, somehow when I walk in, I make a beeline to the meditation hall, and there's something about that hall that my whole body just relaxes, and I just feel at home. I can't wait to get into that space. There's something about that space that mirrors. Uh, something internal that feels like it's coming home. Interestingly enough, I feel that way when I go into the forest, if I'm in nature, but specifically in forest nature, Uh, even more specifically in redwoods. If I go into the redwoods, there's something uh, in my whole body that does the exact same thing, just, ah. I'm just so glad to be here. I can finally 
let go of, of something that I wasn't even aware I was holding. It just allows for a little bit more settling. There's something that feels very safe. Now, for some, the woods, <laughs> you're thinking, that is not where I feel safe. That's the last place I want to be. So it'll be something different for you, you know. But think about it right now as I'm talking about it. Is there, is there a place that just feels so safe? Maybe it's someone's, uh, it's someone who's in that place, you know. Maybe it's with uh, your grandmother in your grandmother's home. And you remember it as a child, as a place to go and just, ah, it can just be here. Or maybe it's uh, a park or a location outside that you just know when you're there. You can feel that way. Maybe it's your meditation cushion. Maybe that's your, your one place of sanity where you can just sit and be and not have to answer to anybody else and just oh, feeling that breath, feeling the body settle. This is a this is a poem that I often read when I'm wanting to give this felt sense of what it's like to be in deep understanding or deep practice, connecting with deep dharma. So I'll read it here now because I think it's kind of the same thing. Um, this idea of spiritual home and maybe even place that allows us or at least facilitates sometimes us meeting in this place. This is Rumi. Out beyond ideas and wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other, doesn't make sense anymore. The breeze at dawn has secrets to tell you. Don't go back to sleep. You must ask for what you really want. Don't go back to sleep. People are going back and forth across the door sill where the two worlds touch. The door is round and open. Don't go back to sleep. This idea of this place that brings something within us that feels vulnerable enough and safe enough to open to what's happening right now. This is our spiritual home, perhaps. And then maybe it isn't really a a place, but maybe it's people. Maybe it's a group of people. Maybe it's that one single person. Um... Recently, uh, there was an email that was sent out to myself and other teachers at Spirit Rock about um, celebrating the, um, the recent POC retreat that happened at Spirit Rock. And I thought I would just, this was the 20th anniversary, and I thought that I would read this um, email to you. This is by Larry Yang. And... Uh, just to give this sense that maybe maybe our spiritual home has to do more with the people that we are practicing with 
the people where we feel safe to actually relax and be uh, who we are. So he says, we are just finishing the 20th anniversary retreat for people of color at Spirit Rock. It was a full house with 94 practitioners taught by Gina Sharp, Bonte, Buddha Rakita, Kanda Mason, and myself. What is especially auspicious is that for the afternoon of July 1st, we merged a day-long retreat also for communities of color taught by Amana Johnson and the CMC, which is their day retreat center uh, in the Great Hall. We practiced together as the largest gathering, about 180, of Dharma practitioners of color in the history of contemporary Western Dharma. During the afternoon, we experienced the five elements through the four meditation postures and the four foundations. The theme of the day for both the residential and day-long retreats was collective and shared joy. It was quite phenomenal, and six people from the original 1999 POC retreat were in attendance. So feeling this affinity with the people that we are with brings uh, a sense of safety. Maybe even the people who are teaching uh, the Dharma or teaching your spiritual practice to feel that connection, this sameness with them. I remember experiencing that for the first time assisting uh, a women's retreat at Spirit Rock, which happens, there's a few of them that happened every year. And uh, originally I thought, well, what's, you know, why do we need a women's retreat? That was my feeling on it. Um, you know, why, why does that bring something special to the practice? Why is that needed? And then I went. And I was blown away by just how much more I was able to settle in as a practitioner, being surrounded by other women practitioners. It was very powerful having a lineup of women Dharma teachers, which I had never experienced before, and just feeling that, that support and that sameness and how tremendously powerful that was for my practice and is still something I think about and and has um, resonance and has had a ripple effect for me as I've continued on as a practitioner and as a teacher. So these these spiritual homes, uh, there's something about them that um, allows us to see our fullness. It allows us to see all of who we are, that nothing is left out. That is part of this practice. It is part of the uh, spiritual development that we are actually really seeking, is this fullness of being. And so our spiritual home should be that which supports that fullness, that we don't have to hide part of ourselves away or feel like something about us is unworthy to be in the practice hall or not safe to be in the practice hall. In that spirit, this is by Donna Folds, the whole array. This life isn't about slicing off the parts I don't like to be left with those I do. I choose the whole array Night and day, ease and its opposite, the squeaking wheel and the grease gun. 
push any piece of life away, and a key that could have opened a door is lost. Tossed out with the trash, I pray for the courage to receive the full catastrophe, however it appears to me, without need to push back. So to be able to be this full person and to be an awake full person, to be able to practice as a full person, it takes a lot of vulnerability It takes a lot of safety, the need for safety. Um, And our spiritual home is meant to support that. And we need these spiritual homes to support that. So maybe it's a place, maybe it's a group of people that we practice with, or sangha. Uh, Maybe it's a feeling within. Maybe it has nothing to do with our outside circumstance. I know oftentimes I hear people who are really getting into practice refer to this feeling of coming home to themselves, maybe for the first time ever. And when we sit and we get quiet and we get still and we aren't distracted by the outside world, We're not distracted by our day-to-day to-dos. We're not distracted by any particular expectations of us, our responsibilities. When we just come to ourselves and sit with what is here in this body and in this mind, you know, even if it's in total chaos, even if we sit and it seems like an absolute mess in there, uh, a real neurotic mess. (laughs) I see some head shaking. (laughs) Yeah. Even then, it's our neurotic mess. It's it's what we have. It's, It's a part of us. It is our wholeness in there, in the tangle of it all. We spend a lot of time outside of ourselves. We spend a lot of time uh, trying to reach forward for what we don't have, what we think we need. We spend a lot of time pushing away what we don't want. We spend a lot of time thinking, 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 thinking about a lot of stuff that's probably not as important as our mind wants us to think. And so to be able to come to ourself, sit in this body and be with this breath, there's something precious about that. There's a gift in that, no matter what is going on in there. I know there are times when it feels so chaotic and I can sit down and maybe all I get is a few breaths But those few breaths are so precious. And there's this sense of coming back to something more grounded, more real, more here, present. This is what's happening right now. Oh, this breath. And even if it's for a moment, I can feel that refuge. The refuge of coming home to 
myself, coming home to my experience. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And then there's the teachings of the Buddha. Uh, sometimes it's uh, the teachings are um, uh, uh, the experience of the teachings that resonates so deeply where we feel this internal yes. Maybe we don't even fully ex- uh, understand the teaching, but there's something in us that's maybe uh, primal or um, something deep within us that says, yes, something about this makes total sense, and I want to go towards that. I want to focus on that. And this can be our spiritual home. The teachings can be our spiritual home. Uh, There's this beautiful practice, a whole path of practice, a way of living it's not just a practice that is lived on the cushion, but it's a practice of how to be in the world that supports our happiness, our uh, attunement, uh, our deep understanding. And it's all laid out. And it's not laid out you know, as step one, step two, step three. There's a lot of variables, and it changes constantly. And so we're always staying present to see, well, what is most appropriate in this moment to stay here with it? What teachings make the most sense? What practice makes the most sense to stay right here with this? And so we're constantly dancing with whatever is here. But this is the practice that's offered. These are the, this is the Dharma, the teachings that are offered, all laid out for us if we listen and we listened for that internal yes, that totally makes sense somehow. I want to go towards that. And feeling that sense of coming back to something, that sense of coming back to our refuge and our spiritual home. Gil Fransdahl, in an article, was writing about uh, refuge. And he says that going for a refuge is when we align ourselves with the goodness and truth that comes from non-clinging that non-clinging, that non-stability, that dance with life, when we can align ourselves with these teachings and this way of being with experience instead of against it or trying to manipulate it in some way, like we're in that level of control. Uh, When we can let go and be with, there's a coming home. There's, There's our spiritual home. So let's explore this as individuals. Um, I'd like you to uh, get into groups of two or three. Um, You don't have to know each other. And um, we'll just take some time to talk about this, this idea or this concept of the spiritual home. So if you don't want to participate, you don't have to. You're welcome to stay within yourself, and you can do the questions on your own. But I encourage you to turn towards the people next to you. It's so, um, it's so helpful to hear what's going on with other people and how other people are, are taking this in and thinking about this. Um, we're so quiet here <laughs> in these halls. Um, so um, I do encourage you to do this. So go ahead and turn to one, one or two people. 
create create a group. Right, if you're upstairs, you might have to come down. Okay. And just start by, if you haven't already, start by introducing yourself if you don't know each other. So you might just say who you are. And then here's your first question. Oh, does anyone need a group that wants a group? Okay. Um, So here's your first question. Uh, I'd like you to each say, what does this mean to you, this spiritual home? What does this mean to you? And you can go around and each say a little bit about that. And then... I'll remind you of this, but the second question is, um, do you have a spiritual home? Okay. So what does this mean to you, spiritual home? And then do you have a spiritual home? And take your time going around or back and forth talking about it. And we'll take maybe five minutes total to do this. Okay. So we'll take about another two minutes or so. And just as a reminder, the second question was, do you have a spiritual home? So you can start to wrap up uh, what you're saying and thank your partner or your group and then turn back to uh, the fuller group. Okay. Great. So let's, um, let's bring this then into the fuller group. I'd love to hear what, uh, thank you so much, I was hoping you'd jump up. Um, I'd love to hear what what you came up with, and then also if there's any questions or, or related comments. Um, maybe you didn't share with the group, but want to share with the fuller group. Yeah. It was very interesting. Um, we both had areas of which we felt were our spiritual home. But the one thing that we felt is that no matter what sangha we went to, that when we sat in that sangha, whether it was here or Spirit Rock, or it felt like we were at home. Mm. That we knew, we knew the whole, what pretty much what was going to happen and that we were all sharing at whatever level that we were at, uh, the Dharma, and uh, whether it was Tibetan or, or it, it just felt so home that we were at home and we could let go and relax 
and uh, just let go of all the sort of sufferings of life mm-hmm. at, that, at that point. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. That's, it's, a, um, it's a beautiful thing to be able to go into so many different uh, Buddhist communities and feel that sense of, ah. And, um, and we should also just keep in mind, because I relate to that, just our privilege of that being our reality, of being able to go and sit and feel comfortable in, in these spaces. And feeling welcomed, yeah, and that there's a privilege that comes with that. So I just wanted to name it, um, because that won't be the experience of everyone, and um, how lucky that 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 is available. Yeah. Mm. And as we're waiting for the next hand, which will inevitably come up... (laughs) To think also of the the reverse of that, so we feel that, and then how can we create our communities to be that welcoming for for everyone who wants to come in? You know, where are the places where we're blind and not seeing uh, that? You know, uh, maybe maybe there could be more welcoming. I put that out to everybody. Um, yeah. Yeah, that that goes to the community aspect of it. That I think you know, and, and that could be community of friends and or a sangha or whatever. But for me, it's also family. You know, mm-hmm. is is really a refuge. And even though my family doesn't practice, I still feel that same kind of you know acceptance and love and and comfort, peace mm-hmm. with them. That's great. Yeah. I can feel the warmth of that from both of you. Just there is something we, we're all going like this. <laughs> There's something at the heart, and it's warmth and <sighs> settled. It's lovely. I really like your talk. Um, really resonated with me, and my group people <laughs> said that it also resonated with them. Um, we. I'll just speak for myself, really feel like I'm trying to figure out what a spiritual home is. Mm -hmm. And so part of it could be, um, a couple of us said being out in nature really feels like a spiritual home. Uh Um, My family definitely is not a home, (laughs) spiritual home for Mm -hmm. me. So that, uh, unfortunately, is not not a home. But... um, I see I, others in the audience shaking their head <laughs> and agreement. Um, yeah. And then some of it, we were talking also about, you know, maybe it's really ourselves mm-hmm. or to, to create that or to allow that to be a spiritual home, mm-hmm. exploring that and trying to create that. Yeah. Um, and then we talked about the concept of refuge in Buddhism and the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, all being refuge and Maybe that's what a spiritual home is. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Thank you. And maybe it's all of it. You know, I think maybe the reality is that it changes depending on where we are in life, where, what our needs are, um, what we're cultivating in our spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, in our group, all of the same themes were touched on with like religious communities and nature and place and family. And I, as I've been thinking about what we each shared, it was the exterior details were like in some cases completely the opposite. Like I have my childhood home. I have no place that from my childhood but the qualities that we had each made out of our different circumstances were like all like equally rich and wonderful lovely that's really lovely thank you one of the things we talked about was safety that there was a real internal sense of safety when we knew we were in our spiritual home of, of being authentic and not feeling judged. Um, and, and a lot of people have shared about being in the forest and um, how, how spiritually at home that can feel. And I, I just finished um, working in the Tenderloin from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I felt so safe. And I felt so at home. And in the spring when the time changed and I would go to work and it would still be light out, I didn't feel safe. Mm -hmm. And so there was something about the intimacy, even in a city, of being with people who know you and you know them and there's this sense of safety. So it's really, for me, not about place or time. It's about what's created um, around compassion and love and and. Um, acceptance. Yeah, thank you. That's so well said. Go ahead. Um, I think I agree that um, family is what makes me feel the most safe and feel most at home. But my family is so far away. So I then I thought about um, in other places um, within myself is when I, because I feel like I have really up and downs um, in my own mood sometimes. I don't know why I want to be more stable. But then when I'm feeling the best of myself, that's when I feel like I'm home. Like, I, mm-hmm. this is me. Um, this is the real me. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, we talked a little bit about um, how coming into a place to this place and places like this uh, feel safe and um, what I what keeps occurring to me maybe it's because of the yachting theme of your recent life mm. uh, you know safe harbor mm. um, if you've ever spent a little time out of the sight of land you know that it can get kind of nerve wracking when the <laughs> waves get big and Hey, that, what's that cloud going to do? Oh, it's going to do that thing, you know? <laughs> and uh, this place and places like it and the Dharma, the teachings themselves, are the safe harbor that I could keep coming back to. Mm-hmm. Whatever's going out there in the world, we're in the world of greed, hatred, delusion, mm-hmm. and politics, <laughs> I can come in here and ease my heart. Mm. Thank you. It's so um, it's so helpful to reflect on all this, isn't it? 
We take all of this for granted, I would say. Well, I'm saying that broadly. Some of you may not. This may be something that you're very acutely aware of. Um, but I'm guessing that the majority of us, we haven't really stopped to think about it in this way. And just what I'm hearing from everyone is the value of it, just how important the sense of a spiritual home is. Whether you, you know, everyone, I, I mostly who said who talked except maybe one was really clear what that was and some of you I just want to acknowledge may have come up with the answer of no I don't think I do have a spiritual home Uh, don't fret (laughs) Um, this is part of the process I think I I have found myself in and out of a feeling of spiritual home Um, and and have gone through periods of, of really resonating with was something that felt so much like a spiritual home, um, and then being totally disappointed by it. Has anyone else had that experience? Yeah, uh, and then in, and then having to redefine it. What does this mean? And it takes time. It takes time, and so this is also part of the uh, condition of change. That the things that are maybe are our spiritual home and really are is that home so deeply now it may or may not be that later on, and so uh, this is something that might change and so don't worry. But it is there is something really lovely just reflecting on this and giving it our time, and our energy and our thought um, on what this actually is and what it means to us, so that we can bring more of that towards ourselves so that we can um, hold it in that value and not just skip over it, you know. That we take our time in it. This is my spiritual home and allowing ourselves to really be there for it, be there in it, with it. Okay, thank you for running the mic. And I think we'll stop there and do the dedication of merit. Um, which I, I had forgotten to mention these cards, but some of you, you know the routine. <laughs> so that's so great. Um, the dedication of merit is a time to acknowledge uh, our, the wholesomeness of our time together, uh, the wholesomeness of coming together and practicing, of uh, listening to the Dharma, taking this time from our day, uh, from our week to do this together. And the idea that not only is it of benefit to ourselves, but that uh, it has a ripple effect when we when we come together and are part of something wholesome like this. That uh, the cultiv- what's cultivated has a ripple effect that goes out into our life and affects our loved ones, uh, affects the people we work with or interact with on our day to day in our day to day lives. And beyond, uh, I like to think of this having a ripple effect uh, that goes in directions and goes out in ways that we don't even understand. So we can, in that spirit, dedicate uh, the, the merit of this evening and of our practice to all beings everywhere. And in particular, we have a few. These are, um, those of you who are new to the Sangha, um, every week you have the opportunity to um, make a special dedication to someone in your life. May all beings be uh, happy and content 
in their lives. May all beings be safe from inner and outer harm. May all beings uh, be at ease. May all beings be free. May we all be free. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.